Uh, the word discipleship is an interesting one. It's a, a slightly slippery word. Some of you will know it never appears in the Bible. The word discipleship never appears in the Bible. It, it can, when we, when we use the word discipleship, it can, it can make us think about, about ourselves individually and the, the pattern of life that I've got as I, as I follow Jesus. But we can also think of discipleship sometimes perhaps as something which is, is corporate, almost we think of something that, that's done to other people. It's, it's done for other people. It, it can also have a little bit of a kind of school feel to it or a, perhaps an academic feel to it. When Jesus does commission his followers at the end of Matthew's gospel, he helps us though, doesn't he? He says, go and make disciples and when when he says go and make disciples he then explains to what to us what that means to make disciples and to be a disciple and he says baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all i have commanded you all i have commanded you now you can't understand that can you in any other way than a lifelong journey, a lifelong process. And that really is what walking with God for us as Trinity and I pray for you as members of this church or perhaps you're visiting us today and you're, you're so welcome with us today, perhaps you're part of another church family, whatever your situation, I'm praying that you would just find in this concept, this thought, this collection of words, walking with God, I, I just pray that you would find something that stirs in you about what it means to journey for the whole of your life as a follower of Jesus. It's such a sadness, isn't it, that, that sometimes discipleship, again using that loaded word, can sometimes, we sort of almost think it's something for people who are new Christians, or young Christians should be about. When of course the business of following Jesus step by step, day by day, is a journey for the whole of life. And so this walking with God reflects who Trinity is. It reflects our mission statement, our mission purpose to make committed followers of Jesus. But it also reflects an urgent need for, for us in a, a world that's torn apart by, by conflict and war and speaking on this Remembrance Sunday so graphically in our minds, the world in its torn apartness needs people who desire, who want to walk with God. Romans chapter 8 is, is often described as, as the, you know, the, the most glorious chapter in the Bible. If you know your book of Romans, you'll know that, that Paul writes it right towards the end of his life. And it's kind of a, a, summering, a summing up, a, a theological, a, a talking about God, summing up about everything that he's been writing about in all of his other letters and all of his thoughts. And, and through the journey of Romans, he, he, he basically describes the human condition. He, he, he sets out why no one can stand before God on their, on their own or in their own strength, why, why no None of us can think 
that somehow we're okay. He, he sets out the devastating impact of sin in the world. How he's spoken about the whole world is, is out of kilter. The whole world is unbalanced. So, so sin has personal effect. It, it yes, d- directly relates to how I live my life and the consequences of some of the choices. But sin affects us all because it's affecting the whole world. The whole world is groaning. And then in chapter 8, he says, What then? shall we say in response to these things? What then shall we say in response to the picture that he's painted of a world that's torn apart and personal lives that are torn apart and affected by wrong choices? He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? I love that the message version of the Bible puts a little heading over chapter 8 of the book of Romans. It says the solution is life on God's terms. The solution is life on God's terms. Life. Not a bit of study here or a little bit of church there or a little bit of kind of Christian religious speak over here or a life step by step a journey walking with God in thinking about walking with God as a an umbrella as a set of resources, as a way of thinking for us as a church, as a, a question I'd love us to be asking. I'd love us to, to feel able to say, you know, where are we with our walk with God? Where am I hoping to be with my walk with God? How in our life group can, can we help each other to, to walk with God more? Uh, we've been quite helped by a, a survey called the Reveal Survey. Some of you may be aware of it. It was done in a, a large American church in a place called Willow Creek. And it started in 2005. And since 2005, they've now surveyed in 2,000 churches and over half a million Christians. Asking the question, what helps you to grow spiritually? What helps you to grow spiritually as a follower of Jesus. And they, they divided up what they, and we don't need to get too stuck on these terms, but they're helpful just a little bit to what I want to say. Um, they divided up, so that they said there's sort of four stages, and this is the language that they, that they use, exploring, people who are exploring faith, people who are growing in Christ. They're, they're thinking particularly in the early stages of growth as a follower, those who they would describe as close to Christ and those who they would describe as centred on Christ, Christ centred in every part of their lives. What they found using those terms and labels, and you might even beginning to just think to yourself, where would I kind of put myself in those four? What they found is that for the first two to use those labels, those who were exploring and those who were just beginning to grow in Christ. Coming to celebrations like this 
and participating in, in a life group, in a small group, were the most important things to spiritual growth. But the longer you're a Christian, so the, if you've moved perhaps into those second two, the last two, sorry, then actually those things by themselves do not really feed you for your spiritual growth. Please hear me carefully on this. It's not that you stop doing those things. You actually begin to do them for different reasons. Many of us are in life groups, aren't we? Because of what we give and what we serve and what we contribute. We come to worship because, well, we're called to worship our God, but we're not here as consumers. We're not here to say, I'm here, come on, Andrew, kind of entertain me and feed me this morning. We actually know we're here for different purposes. So we don't stop doing those first two, but it's actually other things that contribute to our spiritual growth. And through this survey, through this reveal survey, when they've done it over all these churches, they found that in that, in that second, those last two categories, so the most mature Christians, about 25%, a quarter of them, feel like they're stalled in their spiritual growth. And largely they're dissatisfied with their church. And so they're thinking of leaving. Because another church might help me more than the current church. Please put your hand up now if you're... No. <laughs> but I can. I can recognise in myself that as someone who's been on this journey for a while... It's easy to get into that mindset of what are others doing for me? What is, what is this group doing for me? What is my small group or, or my accountability relationship? Or I can think about that across a whole load of things. And I can certainly feel stalled at times in my following Jesus. Now, of course... Churches, church communities do need to respond to this. We, Trinity, need to respond to this. We, we need to, yes, be thinking about how we are providing resources, how we are uh, serving you and us as, as members of this church family in our followership, in our discipleship. And so under the Walking With God banner, we are looking at a whole load of different ways in which we can serve better. And that is where that website resource comes from. But of course, there's actually something for us to share in, isn't there? In this. For us to recognise that we're not coming and participating as members of a church community to be spiritually parented in the sense of, here I am, dad, mum, whoever, feed me. But this is much more like a, a spiritual allotment a garden where we each contribute. I wonder if you think about your life group in that, in that way. Do you think about your life group as being soil in which you're hoping to plant and to nurture and to water and to feed all those who participate in your life group? Rather than, do I want to go this week because of what I'm going to get 
putting it harshly, but to make a point. Through the reveal survey, and, and we're adopting these, they identify five catalysts for spiritual growth. Let's put them up on the, up on the screen. I've A, B, C, D, E'd them for you. Actively sharing in worship and community. Belonging in a life group. They, they talk about small groups. In our church family, we talk about life groups. And then here's the three that are most important the longer you've been a Christian. Personal, healthy, spiritual habits. Daring to be accountable. That's one-to-one or prayer triplets. Small relationships. Smaller than a life group. And as Patrick and Harry have so eloquently illustrated embracing opportunities to step out. I'm going to take a risk in suggesting that Patrick might reflect from what he said that that experience of going to Kenya is probably one of the more significant spiritual catalysts for your growth. Thank you. He's nodding. He didn't have to. Just leave that there for a moment. Sorry, Jonathan. Do you have a healthy, balanced diet of all of those? Are you feeling stalled? Are you, you might be feeling dissatisfied with your church family for some really good reasons. But are you maybe feeling slightly dissatisfied with your church family because of what you might be being called by God right now, the Holy Spirit might be saying, hey friend, the problem here is you, <laughs> in love. <laughs> do, you, do you have spiritual habits? Do you have healthy habits? You see, you know, uh, friends, I, I can never do anything about that for you. I, I can't cause you to look at your diary and make time for God. Your church is never going to be able to help you, you know, be, you know, get, get stuff in order in your life with, with balance and health. People define resilience as that ability to come back into shape after you've experienced trauma or heightened success. Interesting that, isn't it? Trauma or heightened success. Resilience is the ability to come back into shape, whatever that means for you. We ask it many times from this platform, do you really genuinely have someone who knows you well enough to ask about your marriage or your relationships? Do you know someone who's, who knows you well enough to ask what is in your Google search history? Do you, do, you know, do you have someone in your life who knows you well enough to say, you know that stuff you're saying about this area of life or Trinity or whatever it might be, who knows you well enough to say, you know what, actually, are you sure it's not you? Or I remember you've been telling me for five years, we've, I've loved our breakfast together, I, I remember you've been telling me for five years that you're going to do something about the balance of time, and you haven't. Get real. 
I'm not going to bother having breakfast with you again and just go through the same old stuff until you decide to do something about this. Have you ever put yourself in a position where you've had to totally rely on God, that last one? Have you ever gone and knocked on a, a, an equivalent of a, of a hut, whatever that looks like? You don't have to, by the way, go to Kenya to do that. Have, have you knocked on a door somewhere where you know the truth? It's not by your own strength or by your might, but only by the Spirit of God that you can do this. Have you taken risks? Are you taking risks? Walking with God is somehow trying to be a response to all of this. Too simple, too simplistic. Andrew heard it all before. It's a bit like an Alpha Plus taught this one again. Do you know, of those 25% who were feeling stalled in their growth, who were thinking of leaving their churches, guess what percentage regularly read their Bibles? Bit better than two, seven percent. Seven percent of those who might want to describe themselves as, as being close to Christ or Christ-centered might want to think of themselves as spiritually mature, regularly reading their Bibles. It's been said that many people treat scripture like a drunk treats a lamppost for support rather than illumination. And we are today just talking about reading the Bible, just I want to come into land because I I just felt the Lord say to me that actually in some ways what I'm about to say, you know, it's everything I have said that makes anything I'm about to say happen or not. Do you know that scripture is God-breathed? It is food for the soul. Do you need to nourish your soul? Are you dry? Are you feeling stalled? Do you want to learn? Do you want to grow? Our purpose, we're made to have a relationship with our maker and it's, our maker is speaking to us through his word. We can't know who to worship or how to worship unless we're people of the book. Are you a person of the book? The book, God's word, helps us to discern between what's right and what's bad, between wise and unwise, in a world filled with knowledge but lacking in wisdom. It's the word of God that is wisdom for us. It's not just one authority amongst authorities. It is authority, God's word to us. And as we read the examples of both heroes and heroines and the examples of fools, we are instructed in right living. And Ephesians 6, 17, the word of God is active and living. It's a sword, it's a weapon, it's power to overcome. And to transform. There's never been a revival that hasn't had at its core a rediscovery of God's word. Do you yearn for greater revival in our church family? Rediscover 
God's word? Do you yearn for revival in your own family, in your workplace, in your street? Rediscover God's word. Can we put my pattern chew one up? How do you do it? Well, this is not the point of the talk, really. To tell you how. (laughs) Because there's so many resources out there that can lead us. If we are inclined towards God's word, if our heart's desire is towards God's word, Psalm 1 Blessed is that this sets up all of the Psalms and it just makes very clear there's a straight choice. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked who or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his or her delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Straight choice, straight contrast. For this person, they are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Alternative, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. If we just put my slide back up, Jonathan, the previous one, thank you. If you're going to get deeper with scripture, you've got a plan to do it. You cannot meditate. Meditate means time and thought You can't meditate on God's word if you don't plan time for it. It will not happen. You will be like a drunk leaning on a lamppost for occasional support. If you do not make time to let God's word illuminate your way as you seek to walk with God. That's the truth. Would anyone like to disagree with me on that one? No, that's great. (laughs) You have to chew on scripture. That word, again, meditate. So the first bit of the Psalm, Psalm 1, when it talks about, about delighting, that in, that, that's about leaning towards Scripture. When, when then talks about meditating on Scripture, it's kind of in the message version again, it talks about chewing on God's Word. We need to be like those lovely cows standing in fields, masticating. Chewing God's Word. Ezekiel, uh, sorry, Jeremiah talks about eating God's words. So rather than just dipping in and surface stuff, do you take some bits of scripture and really chew on them? Do you, do you mine for truth? Do you dig for truth? And lastly, do you act on what God says? The pattern in scripture is God promises and gives and then he commands action. Faith is yes to both of those two. Listening 
and acting. Fear is listening but not acting. Flesh is not listening and acting anyway. Faith is yes to both. Listening to God's word and acting. Fear is listening to God's word but not acting. Flesh is not bothering to listen and just acting in your own strength. Faith, fear, or flesh. Would you like to stand? Can we just put the words of Psalm 1 up again, please, Jonathan? Let's finish our time together, friends, by, by reading this psalm. It sets up, as I've said, it, the pattern of right the way through the psalms. We've got a certain amount of time before we need to go and collect children. Um, my, my invitation for, for prayer today, you know, we love, we love praying for anyone and everything in any situation we were praying for backs to be healed yesterday in, on Alpha and we were praying for people to be released from, from childhood traumatic memories and we, it's a delight to pray for people in every circumstance and whatever, whatever's going on for you, whatever matters to you, it matters to God and we would love to, to pray for you in a moment but, but I particularly want to pray for, you know, just invite anyone who would like to say Somehow this is a moment where I want to take another step in my journey with you. This, this, this pattern of delighting in, in God's word and law, this inclination of the heart. I want to lean towards you, God, and this meditating on, this chewing on, this going deeper, this mining. And uh, I promise you, I promise you, if you come to the front, I'm not going to assume you're one of the 25% stalled. I promise you that, because I, I need to be at the front as well, all right? I don't feel very stalled right this second. I need to be at the front as well. Is that okay? I, I think God wants to, you know, I, well, I've got no doubt God wants to do amazing things through Trinity if we, if we can bear the trust, if we can bear the weight of it. Someone had a picture the other day of a champagne bottle where the cork has gone out of the top of the bottle, but the, the, the fluid has not yet fizzed. And I, I, I hear that as I often do about God saying, I'm already trusting you with, you know, we've got 45 on this Alpha course. I'm trusting you with people. I'd love to be able to trust you with more. I, I, if you want to pray for revival, I want to know if you're serious about, about what, what that will involve. If I'm going to bring people to you and say, here we are, we'd like to start following Jesus. Can I trust you with them? And so I think there's something here about a point of commitment for us as a church family. Maybe there'll be someone here who wants to start walking with God. You're right at the beginning. That would be lovely as well. So let's read Psalm 1 together and then let's wait on the Holy Spirit and you come forward however you want for whatever you want. 
in response to whatever the Lord may be saying. Shall we read this together as, as we stand? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And so Holy Spirit, would you please come whatever it might mean for anyone here, any of us today, and corporately as your family, to delight God in your word, to, to seek your word, to, to eagerly desire to read your word like a, a love letter from our beloved. Whatever it means to, to meditate, to, to chew on your word, whatever it means for us to say, yes, God, we want to walk with you. We're, we're just acknowledging and being truthful and coming to you. We want to walk with you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you come? And as I say, just please come forward if you, you know it's you, you know it's a moment to come and just make a step forward, step into a space here. Please come. Holy Spirit, please come. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Do feel free to come down from upstairs. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, more of you. One or two of the church family just come and, and stand alongside. Maybe you, you used to be walking more closely with God. You're not walking so closely now and you want someone to pray with you. Maybe there's some barriers that have got in the way. Maybe you just know the truth. You are one of those people who feels a bit stalled. And you don't want to be stalled. Or you come for prayer, for healing. For any other need, Holy Spirit, more of you, God. More of you, God. Jesus.